Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish podcast. Today, we are finishing the chapter, The Storm of Kindred, uh, and I am joined today with Candace. Hi. So then they go back to the house, and she goes and gets cleaned up. Um, her head is absolutely killing, so she decides to take Excedra, but her head was killing, and I was like, maybe she'll get sent back this time. Nope. Nope. No luck. Nope. Uh, so she goes and gets Excedra from Rufus's room, and Rufus is like acting like he's doing her this huge favor for getting her out of the fields as if he didn't send her there. Like, this reminds me kind of of like when corporate like people come in and they're like really being mean about like things they want you to do. And then they're like, you know, I'm just the messenger. And you're like, really? Because you're just the whole message. I'm kind of confused. Like, what? <laughs> Mm-mm. like Mm-mm. rufus could have just been like yeah don't do that yeah but like he needs to prove a point i don't know i just it it makes me hate him more that he's trying to act like this isn't his fault yeah don't make me talk to you like that yeah don't make me disrespect you i'm like you just want to remove all accountability from this that's not cute he is like taking accountability her. is important. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying though. Gaslighting is all about a lack of like wanting to take accountability for something, right? Mm-hmm. You pretend you'd rather pretend it didn't happen and convince somebody to retcon their their own memory mm-hmm. than just take responsibility for something. Like that's embarrassing to me. The other like day. to me, like that's not the way to go. Yeah. And I think I think people like, especially after the Trump presidency, people are like super down to just pretend that like something didn't happen like people are collectively pretending that like what happened on the 6th of january 2021 when people like stormed our capital that were domestic terrorists that that was fine and it was a normal day like that's some wild shit and i feel like that's the same energy i'm getting from rufus oh yeah (laughs) it's very big big denial energy absolutely (laughs) absolutely yeah i I will say though the other day i said gaslight gatekeep girl boss to daniel and then he looked at me funny, and I had to explain to him what both gaslight gatekeep mean. And Listen, he has to learn. That was my favorite thing. And then he looks back at me, and he's like, "Gaslight gatekeep girl boss." <laughs> and Rufus very much has that energy right now. Yep. Rufus says that she better not ever walk away from him again. And in this moment, I am not understanding anymore what his obsession with Dana is like. He has fully spiraled into, like, he treats Dana almost like he's, like, in love with her, but not. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't understand where he is and, like, where Dana is in his head at this point. I don't think he knows either, though. That's what I'm saying. That's what I think. I don't think he really gets, like, he knows that he has control over the situation because he can call Dana to him. So he feels a sense of entitlement about that, not to mention the fact that he's also white and owns mm-hmm. people who look like her. Um, but I also feel like no one else sticks up for themselves. Like no one else like stands up to him. Mm-hmm. So she's the only person that really like presses him in that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder if if it's like that desire to kind of to to like walk on the line of accountability, basically, right? Like he 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 has a limit mm-hmm. with her because of his own you know self you know narcissism like his own his own narcissism like he has to be in charge he has to get his way like it's why something as simple as her just like not being able to save his dad puts her in a field you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like he just 
he's a he's still a child like he never like fully grows up Mm -hmm. but he also chooses that you know what i mean that's on him and i think that like he just he's obsessed with her Mm -hmm. that's what i think it is it's obsession like i think you're right like he's just obsessed yeah with her like it's not quite being in love Mm -hmm. because he like doesn't want to have sex with her and he doesn't want to like spend forever with her or anything he doesn't make advances but he like pays way too much attention to her you know what i mean and like she has a lot of control over his life inadvertently Mm -hmm. this is just it's become a toxic relationship for both of them totally yeah totally thanks to him absolutely (laughs) absolutely yep there's a part of me too that feels like he puts himself in these situations to see if it'll summon her like yeah kind of inadvertently like yeah i can see that i don't know like because she also helps him with his life it's not like he it's not like she doesn't you know like mediate you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like she's spoken to Alice on his behalf, to Nigel on his behalf, to Sarah on his behalf, like, you know what I mean? To Tom on his behalf. So like, it's not as though she doesn't act as a buffer for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With dealing with other people. Yeah. I just feel like she's also his crutch and everything. Yep. And like there, that's a large part of the reason I think that she was summoned this time where he was like drinking and passed out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was because of, uh him just subconsciously wanting her there yeah i could see that gross especially because he hadn't had very much luck with alice and like their relationship was all fucked up and you know what i mean like and his dad wasn't doing well like mm-hmm. he was in a bad way and i i absolutely think that that, she, that he brought her there to prop him up for sure yeah mm-hmm. and then the other thing too is i feel real bad for alice this chapter because she's like realizing that she's like basically she's got that uh what's that called stockholm syndrome going where she's like starting to care about him and i feel really bad about it well because she knows it's happening yeah like stockholm syndrome is usually like you know it it happens over time and Mm -hmm. you know maybe the person you know like you get eased into it kind of you know what i mean like you find yourself one day like oh no but i care about them and i think for people in stockholm syndrome too it happens and they're not aware Mm -hmm. that it's happened it's just one day they're just like i can't fight anymore Mm -hmm. but for her she's like seeing it like she's watching herself mm-hmm. go into this you know she's aware of it like she says something to dana and that's that's the thing that i find the most terrifying especially because for her this is a life or death situation mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that like and then it's like also a matter of self-respect like to respect yourself is to be on you know the kind of the end of your path of your journey you know mm-hmm. you know we know that he's not above hurting somebody or possibly arranging for them to be killed or sold right so like for her like she can either have her dignity and her pride and like be a whole person mm-hmm. and be beaten and answer with death or being sold off or she can have she can put her self-respect aside to play the game and then be alive yeah like that's an impossible choice yeah and also too it's like she has to still in a way make sure he's still interested in her because if he's not what does that mean for her and her standing here yeah yeah it's brutal this book fucks me up yeah in a big way so then rufus just drops the bomb where he's like yeah i know you didn't kill tom but someone had to pay for this and i'm like no they didn't actually ridiculous and he's like don't worry 
I'm going to have you pay by taking care of my sick mother. Yeah. Oh, my God. No one wants to do that. Don't worry. Margaret Whalen is coming back. Yeah. Like, fuck no. As if he's, like, helping her. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, he acts like it's his duty, and then he's like, yeah, but you're going to do it. Yeah. And then she has to sleep in, like, Margaret Whalen's room, too, on the floor. Dude. For whatever reason. Because she needs to be there throughout the night for her. And she's a picky bitch. The other thing, too, is, like, she won't, Margaret Whalen won't let her have, like, a cot or anything. Nope. nope and like and and then and then the hypocrisy right like we have this woman like literally trying to put her hands on dana in the first couple of chapters right um because she's reading to rufus and Mm -hmm. she's like how do you stand this creature's voice like she says all these nasty things Mm -hmm. about dana what's the first thing she asked her to do now that she's her personal servant read the bible can you read to me can you read to me like you used to read to rufus gross disgusting and to something about making her read the bible felt even worse like she's like i'll treat you as a subhuman but read the bible that's all about caring about people yeah well i mean that's that was a tool they would use to like keep people in line like they would tell the story of moses and how he like freed all these slaves and be like see one day there'll be a moses and you guys will be free it's just not your time and the bible says you should obey your master until that time comes so just be good and i promise the kingdom of god is waiting for you and then people die believing that mm-hmm. for 400 years <laughs> you know believing like i'm gonna get my great reward you know yeah. i'm gonna go up to heaven and see the lord it's great go tell it on the mountain <laughs> like no dude you know these people mm-hmm. are filled with hope and there's all these like beautiful spirituals that they're singing and they like genuinely believe that if they like are good and they do their best and they you know like work their asses off that they're gonna like have their lives improved for 400 years like that's crazy that's nuts like that's not okay i you know what i mean like that's not okay at all again in the afterlife podcast i will have more to say about this because why i'm guaranteeing that everybody in the antebellum south is not in whatever the good place is at the end of this road and fairly certain (laughs) i will have a talk segment about where i interview people and i'll be like hey so did you actually like think you were doing right because i need to know at this point like i need to know if in their heads they were actually fully convinced that they were good people i i don't think that they thought that they were bad people because because enslaved people were considered subhuman i also want to know if they've learned yeah like it's like if you're mostly nice to your animals like again like the ducks if you feed the ducks outside your apartment you're automatically Mm -hmm. going to heaven (laughs) Yeah, but if you kick them every day, does it matter that you feed them? Does it matter that you're nice? Does it matter? Like, if they can't leave, they're not in charge of themselves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's so bizarre to me. Like this, how how all of this happened, and how like hard people try to cover it up and not talk about it. Like, I feel like this is something that should absolutely be discussed. You know, just like the Holocaust. Like, the Holocaust is a terrible subject, right? Mm-hmm. What what happened? That genocide was an atrocity. But, like, to not talk about it is to disrespect the people who sacrificed their lives to create change. You know what I mean? These mm-hmm. people that had no choice but to, you know, die where they were transported. Like, it to me, that's a, that's a huge disrespect and affront to their sacrifice, right? And that's how I feel about slavery, too, you know? Like, I think that having a better understanding of how all of this happened, you know, I mean, think about 2017, right? Charlottesville. 
people fighting over whether or not a Robert E. Lee statue should be taken down. I'm pretty sure after you read this book, you're like, oh, it should absolutely be taken down. It was a symbol of everything that was wrong with our country, right? Mm -hmm. We want to celebrate the good things rather than post a monument to the blights and the embarrassments. You know what I mean? Can you imagine if somebody was like a teen mom and they were like, you know what I want? I want a statue in Times Square of me as a pregnant 15-year-old. That's what I want. Like, even if that, even if that's one of the best things that ever happened to them, right? Even if they're a great mom and everything works out and it's perfect and they have enough money for their kid and they have not one struggle or care in the world and everything's mm-hmm. lovely, I'm sure that's not going to be a moment in their life that they want to like put under a microscope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's personal. It's it was it was something that probably shouldn't have happened or was a mistake. It was not something you were anticipating. You know what I'm saying? It's it wasn't like a choice that you made that yeah. led to greatness. You know, so like. I, I just I feel like, you know, fighting over something so stupid, like it flies in the face of like everything that both black and white people did mm-hmm. to move this forward, to move us forward, you know, as a country. I had a silly. a conversation about that like a year ago or, so, or when that was all happening. I was talking to someone about that and I, I, I looked them in the face and I said, in what other country do they give statues to losers? Yeah. Like no one, no one would give a statue. There is not a statue of like Hitler. Like there is like anywhere. Why do we have statues of people that lost the war in Georgia? Like that's so dumb. Cause that's the thing too. I think people don't realize. And again, like, because we're not calling it domestic terrorism for Mm -hmm. January 6th, they don't realize that they're the same ilk of those Confederate soldiers. Right. What, the, what were they trying to do? They were trying to rebel against the American way of life. America was like, we want to move forward. Mm-hmm. We need to stop this. Our founding fathers did write about kind of in- their intention to end slavery. We need to just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to finally do it. We need to pull the plug. It needs to end. We have to figure this out. Yeah. And the South was like, you're not taking our slaves from us. We like this way of life. Mm-hmm. Their lives don't matter to us. Like, we need to continue living the way that we've been living and that's what makes the world go round and that's what makes everybody money right so it's not even as though these people are just losers they're traitors mm-hmm. to our country right like our country was like all right listen like we're, we're gonna be better now like like mean girls like one mean girl is like you know what guys this isn't really funny like we're beating the shit out of this girl every day in gym class in the locker room it really sucks i'm tired of it like i just want to be better and then the next day like that girl gets jumped by the rest of her shitty friends mm-hmm. like that's basically what happened mm-hmm. right and you know, at that, at what point do you not want to like identify with that anymore? You don't want to celebrate that. It's embarrassing. It's awful. Like people in the antebellum South were like, you know, didn't know it was coming for them, but people during like the restoration, like those people were like, let me distance myself as far as possible from the losery shit that happened. Like let's completely devalue Confederate dollars. Like we can't even trade them in anywhere. Like people lost money behind that shit. It was serious. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So the idea that like nowadays people want to softball it, I'm like, that's what I'm saying. It's not just disrespect to like black people. It's disrespect to like those people that had to kind of claw their way past this moment in time. Like these soldiers that lost their lives over this. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. these union soldiers that had to like defend us from these traitors. You know, it's my favorite history thing. is so interesting and so complicated. My favorite thing is asking people who wear Confederate flags to name something that the South actually believed in. Wow. It's one of my favorite things. Wow. Because they can't think of something. Yeah. And I like it. I like it very much. Well, a lot of people are like, oh, it's history. Because they don't realize that it was actually, like, tucked away after the war. It really wasn't. 
or people it's were like, like to distance themselves from it. They were like, "Don't show me that flag. That's the flag of a loser." Yeah, I'm embarrassed. You know. Yeah. It wasn't until Jim Crow laws that they were like, actually, <laughs> people are so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Yes. <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. Even now, right? Like there are so many opportunities to like educate oneself because of the internet. Mm -hmm. Right. But a lot of people just kind of like believe whoever they watch. So like I watch CNN. That's what I believe. I watch Fox news. That's what I believe. Like I look at all news outlets because not everybody tells the truth, you know? And to me, that's uh, it's dangerous misinformation spreading. I don't watch any because they're all freaking liars. And I, my favorite thing is to watch TikToks and kind of find out from the main sources. And yeah. then I'm just like, wow, this is really weird. And then I look up news articles after. Yeah. Then you fact check. Yeah. And then I'm like, is this actually happening? Or there's this person that does like under the desk news on TikTok. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Oh, it's my favorite thing. Hold on. I, I have to send that to you really quick. But like, I, I'm just going to send you their profile so you can look it mm-hmm. up. But it's like, they go under their office desk wearing like a suit (laughs) (laughs) and they're like, Hey, these are the news things you should probably look into later. So Rufus was like, Hey, because I feel real, real bad. You get the rest of the day off. Like, (laughs) okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. It's almost like, I don't know, man, I keep trying to relate these to modern day problems and I feel like I should just stop now because like, what you can't i can't you can't it's just too wild i know like he's like he's asking her like so can you give me advice about like babies and she's like i am not an OBGYN. yeah and he's like what's that right <laughs> i know he's like basically you have a vagina you know how they work oh dude it's <laughs> like have, have you ever been at a meeting and they're like oh you're a gen z you know how every gen z works ever and you're like mm-hmm. yeah no i didn't know i know we don't like being called gen z or talked about as though we are all one person Mm -hmm. i know we don't like that is that helpful i know (laughs) i'm like i would love like all i know we do want is a little bit of (laughs) r-e-s-p-c that's it yeah oh my god my favorite thing anyways so uh yeah margaret wants dana to take care of her And she's like, oh, I want you because you read so well, as we talked about previously. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Margaret has to, like, also supervise everything. The whole time she's home, she's back to micromanaging for who knows what reason. She has nothing better to do. Literally. (laughs) Like, Margaret also gives, like, the worst mother-in-law energy. Oh, yeah. So bad. She has to be in charge of everything. She, like, asks her a bunch of stupid questions. She's like, oh, you're better now. You're less impudent. Like, celebrating that she's been, you know, beat a couple times and, like, yeah. knows her place. Like, just trash. Oh, my God. I hate her so much. Like, when, I think, I think that moment when, when, when uh, Dana is just, like, she's just had it. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, runs out of the house and is just like, fuck it, man. Like, I've had it. Like, she runs out of the house. She's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be master of my own domain. I'm, I'm gonna walk i'm gonna just go walking mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens i'm just gonna walk like i'm supposed to be here and i'll figure it out from there i guess and she just like leaves and it's like a big moment like i read that she just started walking and i was like no girl no go back and i'm like wait i can't tell her to go back to this like horror house but at the same time it's safer there for you somehow uh-huh. terrible 
right? Especially after like what happened to Alice and how they brought her back. Like, no. Dude, so, I was reading and I was like pushing it further <laughs> away from me. Yeah, man. I was like, I was, like sweating. It was bad. So like I see that, right? And then she sees like the chain gang, right? Mm-hmm. And like the chain gang idea, like, is something that like I think was used by like Bugs Bunny and like Disney and whatever, right? Like yeah. and made kind of silly. But like it comes from these these types of situations right mm-hmm. where you have some slaves that are being you know sold off and they're walking to auction because like mm-hmm. why would you put them in a in a carriage when they could just walk miles and miles and miles behind your carriage right um so they would have them chained together like all like in a row mm-hmm. right sometimes in stocks which is like incorporating your neck and your arms and your legs and then sometimes just your arms and your legs and chains so when chain gangs started in prisons that's that's where that comes from mm-hmm. right like that same kind of practice and even like you know like the the people that like would you know be kind of in charge of overseeing like again those are overseers you know what i'm saying they just got a new job mm-hmm. in law enforcement essentially right yeah um so i think like when the moment that dana sees them i'm just like please can you just go back now like can you just go back like it is awful to think that like you want to send this person back to this place where they are oppressed and they are victimized daily mm-hmm. but like in that moment i was like you don't know these people like you're not safe with them you know yeah and it was heartbreaking when i realized that they were going to the wayland farm i, was I know like, ah fuck who's going like who is it this time i know it's and then also like i was thinking about this too i had have you watched season two of the witcher no i'm about to start okay i won't really give you any spoilers but there's like a scene in season two um with like elves which you know in the witcher elves are like a secondary class Mm -hmm. citizen and this is like that scene is very reminiscent of this moment which like seeing it on tv just text me when you get there because like Mm -hmm. we'll have to talk about it but like it was a lot it this scene's already hard and then seeing it on tv made it worse which is why i'm terrified but also hopeful to see this as a movie whenever they make it Mm -hmm. because it's it's gonna be really hard to watch it is but it'll be it'll be a worthwhile watch yeah for sure if if it's in the right hands yeah yeah i don't know like i don't know who i would trust to make this movie i feel like ava duvernay would be an obvious choice i don't know what her situation is like Mm -hmm. i know that two people tried to like steal some of this plot line and turn it into a movie with janelle monet called antebellum Mm -hmm. that apparently got panned hardcore um yeah uh what movies did the lady you talked about previously what did she do ava duvernay she i can't remember if she was nominated or she won for um selma that that martin luther king biopic Mm. a few years ago starring uh, i think david o o way o yo willow i think that's how you pronounce his name um that's a pretty good movie um i think john legend actually became an egot that night because he won an oscar Mm -hmm. for the for the um soundtrack um she also directed um madeline langle a wrinkle in time oh i've been meaning to see a wrinkle in time i haven't seen me too i haven't seen it yet either it was it was on netflix for a minute and then it left and now i, I know. Have to just check it on disney plus it was on netflix oh i guess i do have disney plus i forget that i have disney plus because i don't pay for it well you didn't hear that first 
here. But, uh, <laughs> like, I forget that I have access to it because I don't watch a lot of TV anyways. Yeah. Um, but I've been doing it now when I'm like doing mindless tasks at work. So maybe I'll watch it. But it, I heard it has like a religious undertone, which always makes me nervous because I'm like, hmm. A lot of old school sci-fi does. Yeah. But it's worth watching anyways, um, I guess. Like, uh, whatchamacallit definitely does. Um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was reading someone making a joke about C.S. Lewis and uh, uh, Tolkien, because mm-hmm. I guess they were friends in real life. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, Tolkien, I guess, while well, he did do a good job, but I guess he was friends with a lot of people um that were like jewish so Mm -hmm. um well he didn't do the best job i guess he was like trying to like represent jewish cult or something in his Mm -hmm. books and then (laughs) they made like this skit and he goes yeah like i did all this research and he goes oh i made a lion god (laughs) he's like what (laughs) if i find the skit again i'll send it to you because it'll do a lot better job than me but okay yeah oh my god it made me laugh so hard I think I saved it somewhere, but I'll try and find it again. Awesome. Uh, anyways. Um, so as soon as we were talking about, as soon as Dana realizes that they're going to the Wayland farm, she's like, oh my God, I need to turn around. And mm-hmm. she starts going that way uh, to basically be like, what is happening? Who is he selling? Yeah. And Rufus is selling uh, Tess, which is, uh the girl that like that was the girl they didn't really like right so they thought that that they didn't like each other at first because she was really like short with them yeah um but then when that one lady had had words about dana and like got dana Mm -hmm. in trouble or whatever the the alice and tess okay um went after her and sarah like no tara uh i think it was tess and carrie Mm -hmm. went after went after her to be like shut the fuck up right Mm -hmm. um and i think that um I think that Tess, I feel like Tess was one of um, Tom Whalen's girls mm. that he would take to bed. Okay. And I think that's why she gets sold when Margaret comes back. Probably. Because of revenge. Probably. Like, yeah. I, she just wasn't talked about a ton. Like, enough that we knew her name, but, like, she wasn't super in the story, I feel like. Yeah. But, yeah. Dana's still like, this is someone I know. This is a human being. You can't yeah. sell her. Yeah. And uh, Rufus will not listen. And he starts dragging her inside. And then he calls the people that he's selling his property. Mm-hmm. And like, this is the first time I feel like Dana has fully like understood. Like this trip is the trip where she's like, he is Tom. Yeah. Like he hasn't changed. No. Like he's grown into exactly who she thought he was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And she has to just face it. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie has to cover for Dana and basically Mm -hmm. uh, tells her that if the house goes to Margaret, Margaret will sell everyone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because she has no like allegiance to anybody. She has no warm feelings for anybody. Yep. Yeah. And like Carrie has to cover because Dana can't even like process this, that this is happening. And Carrie has to go like, basically be margaret's manservant mm-hmm. and like follow her around so that she doesn't really notice dana's gone um yep. 
And then Dana goes and confronts Rufus and literally says that she wouldn't care if he died right now. And I was mm-hmm. like, girl, girl, <laughs> love that for you. Listen. And like, I, I feel like his like kind of like lukewarm reaction mm-hmm. is a mark that like, again, like, I mean, you were saying like, you would love to ask people from this time period, did you know that you were doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that, that that's 110% the proof that he knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? His like very hmm, mm-hmm. reaction to that. And then this next line is something I really wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Rufus starts making Dana write his letters and yep. apparently Kevin told Rufus how much she hates to do his writing. Yep. One thing. Why did Kevin talk about that? I would love to know. Right? Because, again, if he's talking about it, very much like with Rufus, what I what we just finished saying, mm-hmm. if he's talking about it, that means he knows it's a fucking problem. Exactly. He? he knows that she doesn't like that. He knows it's an issue. Mm-hmm. So why are you bringing that up to somebody who is no friend to her? Exactly. Yo. And then also it's like, then Rufus uses it against her immediately. Like he yeah. already knows how much she hates this. Like this whole trip, he's been doing things to purposely like put her at arm's length and like I show like who's boss. Yeah. I think he's testing. I feel like he is testing their boundary mm-hmm. as well right because he's been crossing that line a lot and she has had kind of no other choice but to allow him to do that mm-hmm. right because of the position that he's put her in mm-hmm. and the 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 kind of baseline inequity of their relationship in general yeah. right like she has no control over when she goes there so you know what i mean like it's it's pretty clear that like no matter what she has no control mm-hmm. in this situation it's all kind of just mental mm-hmm. power right which is kind of an illusion in a world like this that values physical power, yeah. right? So I feel like that's that's a moment where it's something she's been dreading and possibly not really seeing coming mm-hmm. this whole time, right? And he's like, I've just been nice. Yeah. Like, I know more about you than you realize. Like, I, like I've got your number, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's It's a very strange kind of like, power shift in their relationship when he kind of pulls this on her in my opinion oh yeah mm-hmm. i'm just so mad i am also like because we don't really know what kevin's up to mm-hmm. i cannot wait to get to the next chapter because yeah, I like oh my god <laughs> there's a part there's a large part of me that when i finish this book kind of wants to just restart it but i know we're going to the graphic novel which will give me the itch that i need yeah. So at least we'll have to talk about that and then we can re-examine everything. It'll be great. Yep. So um at, also in addition to like doing all of his writing, uh Rufus also has her going through his books, which like how complicated could your books even be in the eighteen hundreds? Like <laughs> not that bad. I don't know any Yeah. I don't know anything about accounting and I'm sure I could be like, yeah. Listen, it's basic it's basic addition and subtraction. Yeah. Like it's not as though you're like lending large amounts of money or paying numerous bills a month. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you have like a like a loan and all that stuff. Like I'm sure they had that on a very minimal scale. I know. Like especially n- knowing that they were a poorer family. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're like a fancy estate. Yeah. Mhm. God, I wish my taxes looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
bought one pig, bought a yep. little sheep. Yep. Bought sheep Basic. food. But this is what I'm saying. Like, I think that like, he's just somebody who's a giant baby. Like even like when, when Margaret asks Dana, like, what have you been doing for my son? Like, what is he, you know, you, you barely come around anymore. Cause Carrie kind of swaps off with her mm-hmm. to give her a break. And like, she's like, what have you been doing with my son? Mm-hmm. And Dana's like, Oh, I'm writing letters for him and I'm fucking doing his books and stuff. And she's just like, what really? Tom used to do that himself. Like that. I feel like that's the first time we hear Margaret be critical of her son. Yeah. She was like, Tom always used to do that himself. Like, he makes you do that for him? Like, why would he have you do that for him? Like, there's other things you could be doing. Mm -hmm. Like, what? You know? And, like, it makes – it's even more of a question because you know he's only doing it because she doesn't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't make sense for her to do it. It would be much easier for him to just do it himself and for her to be doing backbreaking work. Yeah. But he's like, I know what you really hate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Being with me. And writing letters. Because it's like, here's the thing too, is like, I don't know about you, but I write a lot faster than I talk. Oh, sure. So having to then have someone transcribe what I'm saying, it just sounds annoying. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's not, it's not about that. Like, I know. It's about control. It's about that power. Like he's awful. I know. <laughs> he's so awful. Like, man. I feel like he saw that like, her working in the field didn't change her attitude at all. I was like, hmm, let's go for mind manipulation instead. Yeah, awful. What a trash bag. Yep. Um, Dana also did the thing that I said Kevin should have and started keeping a journal in shorthand so mm-hmm. that no one can read it. I also never learned shorthand, but this makes me, me kind of either. curious about it. Right? Right. I'm like, how hard could it be? know how many lessons do i need how many youtube videos right (laughs) and it's just like god if i can because apparently there's a transcriber thing that like people who do professional live transcribing Mm -hmm. do it in like and it only has like six keys yeah you know and it's like in sonography too is like i think that's what it's called the sonography yeah Yeah. and and i'm like some i oh i really want it and I want to know how to do it because I yep. hate transcribing my own stuff. Like when I have to transcribe it because I hate typing. Yeah. And I'm like, if I could do that, the power I would hold. Keys to your future. What? Yep. You're going to unlock the keys to your future. I know. I'm like, <laughs> transcripts would come out so quickly. I agree. Oh my God. I just, something about it. Anyways, this is my little thing. Like if I had all the time, this is, if I was a mortal being, like immortal being mm-hmm. this is what i would take up my time i, I would read so many books yep i would learn the sonography thing and i would learn shorthand and then i would learn other languages agree these are the things i want that's the dream i would make so little i would be the brokest vampire ever because they'd be like, what do you do with your immortal life? And I'll have to be like, I spent 400 years sh- learning shorthand. I am very good at it. Like, And they'd be like, why did it take you so long? Like, most people, like, learn that in their mortal life. And I was like, because I'm the best at it. Yeah, I would also... a shorthand master. I would also learn cal- calligraphy because... Same. I'm so bad at it because I'm lefty, so it just gets smeared everywhere, but... But like, I'll never give up. I know. And it's like, because here's the thing. Could you imagine being a vampire? The only vampire with trash handwriting. 
Like everybody, no, that's embarrassing. yeah, and everybody around you is like 1800s vampires, and they've got those beautiful scrolling words, yep. and because you know they send each other letters and shit too. Absolutely. I don't think that. I mean, I'm sure that they're like young vampires that use email and text messages mm-hmm. and shit, but I'm sure there's old vampires that are still like gotta write to the old country. Yeah, they're like, let me write home to seal. Pop Pop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the first sure. time I would get a letter from like an older vampire and it's like got a wax seal on it and it's beautifully written, I'd be like, that's son of a on internet. Yeah. Calligraphers in my area. I would then be like, hey Skillshare, do you want to sponsor the podcast, actually? Seriously. <laughs> and they're like, man, this is a very random request for you not having that many listeners. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> is it? <laughs> It's quality, it's quality, not quantity. Okay, yeah. calm down. Yeah, <laughs> we all are very concerned about how to have the best handwriting possible. Totally unrelated to the fact that I haven't seemed to age in the last ten years. Um, <laughs> Why are you in my business? It's fucking breach of privacy. Yeah, I would pull a corpse moment, and they're like, "How old is she?" You know, we've never seen her face, and like, <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh, weird." <laughs> I don't know why you haven't. I can just do this podcast forever. My voice has never changed. Weird. I never seem to get a cold. How strange. <laughs> just in good health. Some Nothing good health. to see here. I take a lot of probiotics. That's all. I shop at Whole Foods. Yeah. I have, you know, a really extensive self-care self-care routine. Every year <laughs> I go on yoga retreats. That's my secret. There you go. Oh my god! How I I loved all the topics that I've somehow man- managed to weasel into this these episodes. Listen, we need a little bit of uh, levity because this book is heavy. Yeah, so we need moments where we perk back up mm-hmm. and then we dive back in. I know we should get shot right back down. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like that this next part is at least a party. Yeah, sort of, sort of. However much you can party when mm-hmm. you're a slave, but yeah. Yeah. An attempt is made. Yeah. Yeah, so they're at that party. People are getting married. Apparently, you know, for budgeting, because apparently it's that expensive to Rufus, uh, everyone gets married at once, which is something. It's truly something. It is. Um, And then Rufus asks Dana if she's found someone she wants to, quote, jump the broom with, unquote. Yes. So that is uh, an old African tradition mm-hmm. um, that was uh, something that like was important and is still important to a lot of um, African-American people and, and BIPOC people who get married um, because it is something that is like a piece of that mm-hmm. ancestry mm-hmm. that was never like beaten out of people, essentially. Yeah. Like it's something that has been passed down um, successfully through generations of people um, across, you know, actual, you know, millennium i mean yeah. centuries centuries rather mm-hmm. like it's something that people have been doing for a long time and um it's something that like i probably will do at my own wedding um and like i think that it's that it's that it's a piece of, of like present day history mm-hmm. kind of you know i like it a lot i like that tradition um because there's so little that was able to be kind of unadulterated by slavery and untwisted by slavery and unchanged mm-hmm. you know what i mean so being able to have that one ritual that still is just as meaningful now as it was then is something that I think is awesome. I was going to say, I was like, when I was reading this, I was like, this seems really familiar. Like, I feel like I've seen this before. 
And I don't know if I've actually have or if I've just seen a lot of like similar stuff like, you know, that like breaking glass mm-hmm. with your foot. Yeah. Jewish people break uh, break a glass. Um, I know that uh, Wiccan people and and, uh, and people who are descendants from like Celts and things mm-hmm. like that, they do hand fasting, mm-hmm. um, which is really a really beautiful ceremony mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I feel like I've just seen a lot of similar things. Maybe that's what, but I feel, I I have like this visceral image in my head of this, and I don't know if I just have a good imagination or what it is. Maybe I have mm-hmm. seen it before, but I don't know where I would have seen it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've seen it in a movie or something. Probably in a movie, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Maybe, but um, yeah. Rufus asks if she wants to do this with someone, and she's like, "I literally have a husband." But, like, what would you do if I did? And he goes, oh, I'd sell him. Yeah. What? So there you go. For what reason, too? Like, what trash is that, right? (sighs) Yeah. Like, such garbage. And, like, he's already already thought about it. Like, it was easy for him to answer. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-mm. I know. It's just... I don't even know what to say about it either. Because it's like, it says a lot too about their relationship. It does. Especially because he doesn't go after her. Like, she walks out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He doesn't go after her or anything like that. And like, and that's that's how you, again, that's how you know all of this is just, all of this is something that he chooses for himself. Like mm-hmm. this is a chosen lifestyle. Right. And I think that the reason that Butler kind of has this narrative um, and, and what this is supposed to prove, I think that this is an answer to people like, Oh, well, you know, people who were enslaved weren't treated that bad. Like, I feel like this, this whole book is kind of a wind up to kind of have that conversation to conduct that, you know, analysis mm-hmm. of behavior because, you know, Rufus has all of these experiences, right. With, um, very positive experiences with a black person that saves his life, right? Showing him that people who are enslaved are people, they're humans, right? Mm-hmm. You own a human being, someone who's just like you, mm-hmm. right? Like he has all of these examples and all of these opportunities to give it up and he never does because he chooses that life for himself, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people at this time period chose that life for themselves because it was easier than just living a regular life, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was about status and you know like even even then like some of the letters she has to write for him are like letters to like other farmers daughters to try and like you know land a bigger fish you know what i mean like he he's all about that bottom line because like it helps make his life cushier like he's learned absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. from his encounters with dana right from the moments that he shared with nigel or alice right he's learned absolutely nothing and I feel like this chapter is, like, when Dana, like, really has to, like, confront that mm-hmm. and face that. You know what I mean? Um, because, again, like, even though he's, like, really shitty about, like, oh, if you had another husband, I'd sell him right away. Like, you can't be with anybody else unless it, like, benefits me. Right? Um, even after saying that to Dana, then he, like, then Alice is, like, oh, he uh, gave me a Christmas present. And he's letting our son learn how to read. Like, he's he's going to educate our son. Right? So, like... On the one hand, you're going to be that terrible where you're going to sell people off like right before this like holiday, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, antagonize people that work there. You antagonize this person that's supposed to be like the closest to you, mm-hmm. right? You put her in the field and alienate her from from you and from everybody that she – everything that she knows, mm-hmm. right? Like he's done so much damage but then is like, yeah, okay, my son can read. Like 
what a bizarre concession to make of all concessions, yeah. right? Like he's more Tom Whalen than Tom Whalen ever was, but he's allowing one slave to read. And he's keeping his son and his and his mistress, his wife, enslaved. Yeah. Like, like that's you know what I mean? Like he's a madman. He's crazy. No. He's a nut job. And I think Dana's like, fuck, he's a nut job. Yeah. Can Hagar please hurry up and be born? Because like I'm kind of sick of this shit now. Like this is I feel like this is the first time we really see her where she's just like done. Like she's hopeless. Like she's just like I, know. I don't know why I'm here. I'm just waiting for the baby. Like she's done. I know. I and it was astounding to me like how much this trip really solidified to her that she's like I cannot keep trying with him. Like it doesn't change. Like nothing changed. Yep. yep. Um so one guy keeps trying to talk to Dana and Rufus is starting to watch him and she's like, Oh, I gotta tell Sarah to like tell him to step off like yep things will not end well for him yep um and then you know as we just mentioned alice convinced rufus to let dana teach their son to read um joe who is their son is apparently very smart which is Mm -hmm. very good um dana says that uh she uh oh wait sorry so dana says that she thinks he's really smart to rufus and rufus mm-hmm. like starts paying attention to their kid mm-hmm. which is just like i can't imagine having a child and just being like mm, whatever yeah now granted it's wild because that's exactly what basically happens to him like his dad's just like well got a son yeah you know shrug so like it's definitely an echo of like what happens to him but like it's even worse because like you know his dad at least still wanted the best for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want the best for his kids. He doesn't no. want anybody to ever leave him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't want anybody to have freedom of choice because they're not going to want to be around him. Like he knows he's not a good person, you know, yeah. he would rather control than like give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Do you think that maybe Dana coming and going so much in his life has made him worse for the fact that he's, that's why there's a part of him that like is afraid of people always leaving him. I mean, I could see that. But I also think that the negligence of his dad and like the smothering of his mom would yeah. have probably made him the exact same person even without Dana. Probably. You know what I mean? Because like he's just so used to getting whatever he wants so much so that when he wants Dana to show up, she does. Yeah. Like if anything, that deepens his, you know, his entitlement, mm-hmm. his sense of entitlement. That's for sure. He's just mm-hmm. the worst. And I feel like there's no excuse for it, obviously. But like, I don't know, man. I can't. I cannot even begin to understand him sometimes. Yep. So Alice asks for Rufus to free their child, but Rufus says it's going to cost her. Yep. But won't tell her what that cost is, of course. Why bother? Yeah. You're going to pay it anyway. The only thing apparently that Alice thinks it could be is Rufus wants Alice to love him. And she's like, yo, as soon as this kid's born, I'm gone. I'm out. I'm outie. Goodbye. Mm hmm. Which, like, power to Alice for still planning, even though she went through that, like, harrowing experience, for her to, like, plan to leave still. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we have the ladies' baby and Hagar is born. So, like, something I like about, like, this kind of, like, cosmic joke, and again, like, I think a lot of slave owners thought that their slaves were stupid, right? Black Mm -hmm. people were considered to be less than 
human, mm-hmm. right? We were considered to be more like animals. And there there were even, I mean, as recently as like the early 1900s and, and mid 1900s, there were like, you know, like racist journal articles published about, you know, how, how animalistic we were, right? And how our frontal lobes were like, you know, and animals or whatever, like just really mm-hmm. disgusting racist rhetoric, right? So what I really love about, you know, when, when Hagar is born, he hates that name, right? He can't understand it because he's not smart. He hasn't gone out of his way to try to like understand anything. But like Alice has educated herself, whether it was through, you know, Dana or even before that when she was free, right? When her and her mom were free and she was a kid, Mm -hmm. like she's an intelligent person. And I think back then, like they just kind of assumed that slaves were just dumb, Mm -hmm. you know, or they had no interest in thinking for themselves rather than they were afraid and doing everything they could to just stay alive and have some kind of some semblance of life, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Which is the reality because she's named all of these kids, these like really like you know obviously like you know like it's the word i'm looking for well, biblical um, like these they're they're protest names mm-hmm. honestly they're all they're all biblical for sure mm-hmm. but they're all like names and protest so like hagar for example right mm-hmm. is the concubine of abram mm-hmm. and basically it's like hagar like symbolizes like alice's role where like she's enslaved Mm -hmm. and she's the concubine of somebody who owns her Mm -hmm. and she has like she's forced to have a family with them right Mm -hmm. um joseph i imagine is like is is jesus's stepfather joseph Mm -hmm. right who like you know has a son even though that's not really his son and he kind of just has to like put up with you know what happens Mm -hmm. you know what i mean he kind of just has to move forward and like you know be there for for Jesus and, 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 and take care of Jesus without, you know, any kind of understanding as to like how all of this came together. Right. He's kept in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, also symbolic of her position with Rufus. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you have um, Miriam and Aaron and that one's like huge. So I don't know if you know about the story of Miriam and Aaron, mm-hmm. but Miriam and Aaron are Moses's brother and sister. So, you mm-hmm. know, Moses, the story of Moses, right. He is found in the river and uh, his mom, you know, picks him up and, you know, fosters him and he's, he's a Hebrew baby, but they don't know that. Like, I think his mom knows, um, because of like where he comes from the direction of the river, like where, where he comes from, like, so the mom knows, but like no one else knows, including Moses, Mm -hmm. that he is not Egyptian. He is actually Jewish. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's a Hebrew and Israelite. So, I mean, I guess not an Israelite because Israel wasn't a thing back then, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so basically like Moses grows up, right. Thinking that he is Egyptian, thinking he's, you know, like his his brother's going to be pharaoh and he's going to be like at the right hand of the king and all this stuff right and then like one day realizes oh shit no i'm actually a hebrew person mm-hmm. um and i am i am just like these slaves i've just been rescued yeah right and these people continue to toil and even though they've got it easy that doesn't mean that like that's what their life actually is right and he starts to kind of make that connection so Moses's sister, like her, his actual real life sister, um, in 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 this legend, in this belief system, mm-hmm. is uh, Miriam. Right. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, the Hamsa, um, that like beautiful hand symbol in uh, Judaism mm-hmm. and some Islamic religions as well, with the eye, the the evil mm-hmm. eye in the center, that's actually called the hand of uh, Miriam, okay. as well by some people. Right. Um, and she's like a symbol of like freedom and a symbol of like freedom fighting because both her and Aaron are enslaved while their brother goes free. Mm. Um, so she's naming these, these children, these like protest names, mm-hmm. right? These names that are like, I'm going to get my kids out of this. Like 
Miriam and Aaron helped free helped free all of the Jewish people that you know like right alongside Moses right they were part mm-hmm. of his his you know crew that assisted in all of that right they were the people who you know were were at his right hand so like you have all these names that are like names of hope mm-hmm. and names of of you know of of the, like that an activist would would use kind of you know what i mean mm-hmm. like she's got these like very um controversial mm-hmm. names but he doesn't even realize it because he's an idiot <sighs> I love like he's an Alice. Like he has no idea, (laughs) you know. Like it's so, like wow. Like Alice is such a character. Alice is that woman. Like yeah, man. Love that for her. Unapologetic as she should be. Oh. Um. Oh yeah, I literally wrote my next note. Wrote I know these are biblical names, but I don't know anything about them. So I'm glad you're here to fill me in because. Yeah. I didn't read the Bible, so. Yeah, so neither have I. The reason I know about that um, is the Prince of Egypt. I'll be honest with you. Really? Um, I was, yeah, I was religious when I was a kid, and I remember watching Prince of Egypt, and I was like, I should go back and read that. And that's why I know about it, because, like, I watched that movie, and I was like, I feel like I haven't read all of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have, like, this giant, like, Benziger's Bible book, Bible stories book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would read it in there first, and then I would go to, like, the actual Bible and read it, but it's, like, super intense to read the bible i don't know if it's just me but um i i did try every time i try to read the bible i'm like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna read the bible i'm gonna read the quran and i'm gonna read the torah i'm gonna do it all i'm gonna see how they all intersect i'm gonna go on this journey and then i get like to the end of genesis every time and i'm like okay that's enough yeah i'm fine (laughs) i'm fine i'm good i know all of this already (laughs) my mom when i was a kid wanted us to be like better catholics or whatever and so we started reading it and i could not get through it because i thought it was so freaking funny mm-hmm. like everything is so funny like it's very dramatic it is and it's i you you've seen how i dissect literature mm-hmm. it's it hasn't changed so yeah. i'd be like wait a minute you're telling me while jesus is treating somebody someone falls through the roof of this house could you imagine like he's treating this guy for like leprosy, I think. Listen, they used to have thatch roof cottages back then. I know, Maybe but you're just like, oh, this is so tough it for you, man. Sword in the stone. It does. <laughs> Got to justify. I it. know, but I just like, I just all I did was I was like, hold on one second, and I'm like, with my whole family sitting around, my mom's reading the Bible, and I'm like, so you're telling me he's like, hey, man, I know that what you're going through is the hardest time of your life. But I got you. Don't you even worry about it. And then as he's like comforting this dude, someone falls down yeah. through this roof and is like, hey man. Like an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Every time I read the Bible, like, and I've only tried to do it once because I it's not for me. It's yeah. not for me. I'm not I'm not it, the one. It's not for it's not for everyone. Yeah. It takes a special kind of interest, I think. So to get funny. I just could not get through it. Okay. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I think that, like, that message is so, so great, though, that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, this woman is enslaved, right, Alice? Like, she's Mm -hmm. enslaved. And, like, we're having a hard time reading the Bible, like, today, right? I imagine back then when you, like, barely know how to read Mm -hmm. because people, you know, gatekeep knowledge. You know what I'm saying? They gatekeep knowledge and you're not allowed to have any. So, like, you scrape and you, you, you like sneak and you do everything that you can to like fill yourself in. Right. Yeah. And then you're reading the Bible and like people are telling you, no, 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 the Bible holds the key to your salvation. And then you read the Bible and you're like, no, it doesn't fucking say that. No, it does not. Right. Cause she even says she's like in the Bible, 
people might be slaves for a while, but they didn't have to stay slaves. Yeah. Like that's the lesson that this lady has taken from the Bible. Not, oh yeah, one day it'll happen for you, which is what they were verbally telling slaves back then. But like the Bible says that there will be an uprising mm-hmm. and we will get ourselves free of this fucking situation. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like by using inadvertently, by using religion as a tool, mm-hmm. you create, they created a more resilient group of people because they were like i've got god on my side Mm -hmm. i'm coming out of this alive fuck you right i'm gonna live just to spite you right um so i think that it's i don't know it's it's so interesting that this lady is like showing her like lack of agreement and her protest and her putting her foot down and like just being as you know showing her descent like her hardcore descent through the naming of her children like that is badass man love that for her i do oh yeah that's deep so uh rufus starts letting a bunch of the kids be taught which is very Mm -hmm. cool but i feel like he's doing it for his own gain probably oh yeah certainly um certainly and then alice says she's planning to run at the beginning of the summer um and then this is also the point though where we find out the real reason she's planning to run is because she's developing stockholm syndrome right um and then the Sam, Sam, the man who had talked to her before, approaches Dana again. It's like, hey, I really want you to teach my siblings to read. Yep. And then apparently Rufus saw this and three days later he got sold. Yep. And then Dana's or Sam's sister called Dana a whore when Sam mm-hmm. was getting sold. And then Rufus slaps her. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then dana at that moment as soon as she sees this happen goes upstairs and slits her wrist to try and get out of this yep because it's like way too much yeah like she realizes like in that moment i feel like she realizes like the impact that she has not just on rufus's life but the lives of every single Mm -hmm. person on that plantation and it's just like i gotta be done man yeah i gotta be done like it's 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 awful to know that she puts herself in harm's way to get out of that Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it very much echoes what a lot of enslaved people had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what Toni Morrison's book, uh, Beloved, is about. Is about, you know, a mother who has to make the ultimate sacrifice in order to keep her children from being slaves. Right? So, you know, that's something that, like, that's not just, like, this isn't just, like, an off thing that's happening in this book. This is, like, historical. Like, mm-hmm. people used to off themselves and kill themselves or their children or you know their partner or whatever like in moments when you weren't sure what was going to happen next because the atrocities visited upon you might be worse than anything you could do to yourself yeah so like that's essentially what we're seeing here dana's like it's time Mm -hmm. like i can't you know do this anymore Mm -hmm. i can't stick around anymore like i'm i'm now hurting other people Mm -hmm. like i'm messing with other people just by existing here Mm -hmm. like i've gotta go yeah like it's so scary that like suicide is like her only way out like that's fucked up like that's bleak Mm -hmm. but that's that's bad man and she's still so this is the end of the chapter Mm -hmm. we get to the end of this section it's the last word on the page i know and we still don't know how this woman lost her arm i know and the book is getting real thin okay we're getting real in this book right now and i'm like why don't i know how this lady lost her arm we've got we've got maybe what 15 pages left to read i know and the other thing that terrifies me is we don't know if she goes back yet this is what i'm saying literally anything could happen i know sorry we have like 40 pages excuse me still that's not enough 
we're getting down to like the wire. I know. I'm just like, I'm really stressed. This is going to be very stressful. This is going to be the most stressful 40 pages you've ever read in your life. Guaranteed. I I don't even remember what happened. So I'm extra stressed out because I feel like I should be able to guide you through this having read this Mm -hmm. book already, but I must have just blacked it all out because it was very stressful Mm -hmm. because I do not have clue one. I will say this this is the hardest part about doing the podcast is like, I've literally been on this cliffhanger for like three weeks now. Yeah. Same. I know. Same. I have not read ahead because I didn't want to come to this, this, uh, this conversation tonight and, and like do, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in role-playing games, you call it uh, meta gaming where you like know the secret. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to know the secret. I didn't so. want to peek behind that curtain, to be honest. I was like, I'm gonna let myself yeah. sit in this stress because we're just recording next week at the time when we. Uh, oh yes, yeah. that's how it started. Yeah, and then it was like, this is how it's going. And then it kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed, and I'm like, <laughs> I need to know. Yep, yep. So I'm really glad that we are at this place. I know, um, because there's a lot of loose ends that need to be tied up in this book right now. I know. I'm so Man. nervous. I can't wait. Yeah, so the two of us will be joining you next week with the... Well, we'll know the rest of the the ending. I don't know how many Mm -hmm. episodes it'll take for us to get through. Because honestly... (laughs) uh, It's going to be a lot. Yeah, as of the recording of this, I started editing the first episode. And yeah, this series is going to be a lot. Like, it's going to... It's probably going to rival Little Women in amount of episodes. So... Which I'm excited for. I think that Same. yeah, it's it's a good one to talk about. It has a lot that we need to talk about, and I think mm-hmm. that it won't feel as long as I feel like the Little Women episodes did. Whereas there was just kind of a lot of repetition, but still a lot of chapters. This I feel like is going to be a lot better, and I think everyone will enjoy it. So Aww. I'm excited. Yay. Yay! But we will join you next week. With hopefully finding out how Dana lost her arm. Seriously. If we don't, I'm going to be kind of mad. I have to know. I know. Okay. But Candace, how can people find you on the internet and all the things and lovely things you do? Hello, everybody. Uh, you can find me on the interwebs. Um, if you're looking on YouTube, it is Candace the Magnificent, all one word, C-A-N-D-A-C-E. T-H-E-M-A-G-N-I-F-I Magnificent C C E N T. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we got there together. I spell for a living and um yeah. Anyway. Uh so you can find me at Candace the Magnificent on YouTube, um, as well as on Instagram, all one word. Um, you can see me do some ukulele videos. I have some ice cream reviews. Um, I'm also going to have um, a new grown-up show-and-tell thing I'm going to do with some of the cool stuff in my house, so keep your eyes peeled there. I will also um, be doing, probably by the time this comes out, um, I'll be doing a, uh, a weekly uh, Sunday night game on Twitch. Uh, check out Todd Moonbounce, um, all one word, on Twitch. He hosts um, my mothership game called Dead Planet. That's going to be Sundays at 8 p.m. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Valor Studios. Um, in a in a series we did called Deadlands, the Hellgate Trilogy. All of these are tabletop role-playing games. Um, I'm into a lot of kinds of stuff, guys. I can have layers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, check out any of that. And then, obviously, check me out next week right here on the Barely Bookish Podcast. Yeah. And I will have links to all the things I can find links for uh, in the URL for you. So. Oh, and I'm or, at that Candace girl on Twitter. I said URL. I always forget that. One. I meant description. <laughs> 
I knew what you were talking I'm about. I'm glad you did because I, I <laughs> sometimes I edit these. And I'm like, what? It, what? <laughs> Anyways, but we will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want some more exclusive content, please consider joining the Patreon. You will get bonus access to a bunch of exclusive episodes that I've been doing for almost a year now. So there's quite a few exclusive episodes on there. Plus you get early access to episodes. So you get your episodes on Monday morning instead of having to wait until Wednesday morning. Also, you get just a bunch of different cool things and you get to join the Discord. And yeah. There's a lot of fun things to do. Please consider joining. Plus, it helps uh, support this Patreon. Or the podcast. It helps support the podcast. And I appreciate everybody who has uh, joined it and um, who's thinking about joining it. I am hoping you guys are having a lovely day. Thank you so much for listening. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux on freepd.com. And it's Camp NaNoWritemo. So... Get to writing. If you want some writing sprints, please consider joining me over on twitch.tv slash barelybookish. Um, I got a lot of writing sprints I'm going to be doing over there because I'm trying to get this book done. So yeah, I'll catch you guys there and see you next week. Bye!